Well, they are very lay, laid back like the Phoenicians or with like at Menelaus's with the opium in the drinks. And yet, when they're laid back, what do they want? They want to hear the, about the war heroes, about the strenuous episodes. They, their dinners would be much less meaningful and interesting if they weren't, didn't have the harpers to sing to them about the great heroes and gods of the culture. And the life of the warriors, 10 years in besieging Troy, would be a lot less interesting if they didn't already picture themselves sung about at the banquets when they get back or if they don't get back. So that's a way in which each of these is on the background of the other. When the warriors are there, in the background are the banquets. When the banquet people are there, in the background are the great heroes in the war. That's a wonderful way to do things. The question is, is, is that, can we generalize that? Can you see that in the life of the great Odysseus himself? That will be the interesting test. Uh, so he visits lots of worlds and gets in sync with lots of them. But the two most important worlds in his life are the raider, adventurer, leaving home kind of world, and the king, father, husband, domestic kind of world. Now what I want to show in the next eight minutes is that these two worlds, the domestic world and the adventurer world, are radically different. And yet, Homer is so interesting and amazing, he keeps them in the background of each other. And thereby sort of shows in the way he tells his story. This, this, and that makes each of them richer and more meaningful than if they were just by themselves. Okay, let's, I want to show you that now. And it's a fascinating thing in Homer. Um, let's see again, where is it? Okay, it's in the story of the two olive trees. I think I can do it before the end of the hour. Let's see. Homer shows how these two, how two, the adventure world and the home world, relate to each other in giving a story of two beds. I doubt if you remember it the first time through, but there are two important beds in the book. And the first one is the world the bed of the adventurer, or 94 and 95. And there, he comes out of the ocean, he's been swimming and swimming, he's exhausted, he's covered with brine, he's conquered by the sea, and he crawls on the riverbank, and then at the bottom of 94, he was trying to figure out what to do, so he thought it over, and he's made his way to a grove above the water, on open ground and crept under twin bushes growing from the same spot, olive and wild olive. That's no coincidence. The olive is the tree of Athena, it turns out. And that there should be a domestic and a wild olive is quite amazing. But it turns out it's sort of already expressing the, the combination of the two things, the, the, the wild olive and the sort of cultivated olive. But we see it more in a minute. So here he is, and he's happy, he makes a bunch of leaves together, a bed enough for two men, a king-sized bed, there in the bitter cold, and his heart laughed when he saw his leaf bed, and down he lay, heaping more leaves above him. A man in a distant field, no hearth fires near. There you get an echo of what it would be like to be at home. 
which comes in in the metaphor, which is very important. No hearth fires near will hide a fresh brand in a bed of embers to keep a spark alive. So Odysseus hid this, his, did this, and Athena, of course, of being a god, showered sleep upon him. And there you get sort of the, he goes to sleep in the adventurer's bed, which requires ingenuity, and only for one night. And he doesn't know where he is. And he's all alone. He has no wife to smooth his bed the way uh, Helen does for Menelaus. So, and then what happens? Well, let's go quickly to 435 when he's home. That's the other bed, of course. The very amazing bed that's made out of a tree, an olive tree, a domestic olive tree, growing in the middle of the island. You can think of it this way. The adventurer goes from bed to bed over the horizon to more and more adventures. But the structure of this other bed is here's his olive tree, around it he makes his bed, around it his bedroom, around it his castle, around it his island. It's absolutely stable and centered. And he's made it that way on purpose at the middle of 435. They, he built this bed and the old trunk of olive grew like a pillar I'm below the middle of 435 and I laid out our bedroom around that tree and so forth and so forth and then I want to be sure and finish it so I'm rushing to do this uh, okay well I can say it right off so there he is finally in, in the domestic bed which is just the opposite. It doesn't require any ingenuity. It's not different every night. It's the same every night. It's completely... Now I want to go back to the old 435 where I... No, where was I? Just a second. 95. Because I, I want to relate it to what the list of things I said about it before. Okay, it's only for one night. He doesn't know where... He knows it's, all, it's for every night and he knows where he is and he's got his wife with him there. Now, how are these two related? Well, Homer, I can only tell you sort of literarily how they're related. But the question is, has he forgotten the adventure of bed? Or does that make this bed even more wonderful to, in, for him? Just as when he was in the adventurer's bed, he was thinking about what it, that he missed the hearth bed, the home bed. Well, this, this moving thing at the bottom of 436, when they finally get together, when she finally admits that she's that, that when he, she finally admits to herself and to him that she knows he's Odysseus because he tells her the story of how he built the bed and then now at the bottom of 436 now from his breast into his eyes the ache of longing mounted and he wept at last his dear wife clear notice how important it is to be clear clear and faithful equal in his arms long for and now the amazing thing see if this sounds familiar as the sun warmed earth is longed for by a swimmer spent in rough water where his ship went down under Poseidon's blows gale winds and tons of sea few men can keep alive through a big surf to crawl clotted with brine on kindly beaches enjoy joy knowing the abyss behind what is that that's the story of the other bed the adventurer bed which Homer's bringing in in the background so to speak at the moment when he's in the opposite the absolute opposite the home bed and the idea that Homer can somehow keep that together he, in this case by a metaphor but presumably that metaphor expresses this interesting way that the soldiers and the banqueters and 
all the people I bet if you work it out are always when they're in one world have all sense of other worlds on the horizon of that world outside that world but their being there contributes to the meaningfulness and seriousness of whatever world they're in that's an amazingly interesting frame of mind okay we did it that well one more thing that means to be sure and read this because I'm going on to the Oresteia and it would be better if you also started reading the Oresteia for next time if you can okay Now, is this still on? Yes. some other appointment though but I, before class I'm in a kind of trance trying to get it all in my head uh, but uh, pick a time when, when is uh, on Friday afternoon or Monday afternoon are you free at some time uh, free Friday afternoon okay free afternoon okay let me look in my notebook first I have to turn this off 